1: Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, February 10th. Questions remain over whether the COVID-19 vaccine affects breastfeeding and babies. That's next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County health officials reported nearly 800 new COVID-19 infections on Tuesday and 32 additional deaths. Hospitalizations and intensive care numbers continue their overall decline. The San Diego County Board of Supervisors voted on Tuesday to reject a proposal to give COVID-19 vaccines to all law enforcement personnel. The vote was split, with those opposed citing the limited availability of vaccine doses and the need to finish inoculating healthcare workers and seniors. Supervisor Joel Anderson made the proposal, saying it was important to prioritize those in uniform who are at risk every day on the job. And in another vote, the Board of Supervisors unanimously approved a proposal to declare the cross-border sewage flow coming out of the Tijuana River Valley a public health crisis. Supervisor Nora Vargas said the action is needed because of the decades-long contamination of the river valley, which has resulted in environmental and health damage. The declaration of a public health crisis requires the county to take action. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar,
1: No clinical trials for COVID-19 vaccines were done on pregnant or breastfeeding women. And that's something that's usually standard practice for any new drug or vaccine. Some doctors are now saying that that was a mistake to exclude pregnant women, and they're now studying breast milk from women who got the shots. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Trageser has more. I panicked. I
2: was like,
1: what have I done? Oh my God, this is a total mistake.
2: Jennifer Elwell, a nurse at UC San Diego, recalls a scary moment after breastfeeding her eight-month-old son. She had just received her first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine and knew the science behind her decision. I don't know. It just seemed like an easy way to help my baby. But yeah, I think initially right afterwards, I got home, fed the baby. And then I looked at my husband and I was like, should I not have done that? You know. <laughs> Doctors and medical experts recommend women who receive the vaccines continue breastfeeding. In fact, the conventional wisdom is that women who get the vaccine likely pass on protective antibodies to the baby through their milk. But Elwell's uncertainty is understandable, given the fact that no clinical trials of COVID-19 vaccines were done on pregnant or breastfeeding women.
0: Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, although we shouldn't use twenty twenty anymore as an example because that was a horrible year, clearly.
2: Dr. Lars Borda runs the UC San Diego Mother Milk Infant Center of Research Excellence, which is now studying the impact of the vaccine on breast milk.
0: the The notion was originally to protect women from research when they're in this vulnerable space of either being pregnant or breastfeeding so that we don't try out any drugs in that space. But really what we should do is we should protect women and their babies by including them in the research to then have data whether
3: it's safe or not.
2: For the past six years, UC San Diego has run a collection center for breast milk called Mommy's Milk that studies the effects of all kinds of things on mother's milk. Dr. Christina Chambers is the founder and director. Can uh, the mother, in addition to protecting herself with the vaccine, um, produce antibodies uh, to the virus that will actually benefit her child as well? So we'll be looking over the course of the vaccine um, course, and then after that, when those antibodies appear and at what level. Um, And then we'll also look at other uh, things about the milk. Does it, uh, you know, the fat, protein, carbohydrate composition change at all, is there any difference in um, milk supply? So uh, um, are there any, you know, indications that the the baby has any um, uh, uh, unusual signs or symptoms? So far, 1,200 women from across the country who've received a vaccine are shipping mommy's milk bags of pumped breast milk, one from before the vaccine and seven more over two months after getting the first dose. Answers to questions about the vaccine's impact on the health of babies will take the most time, but the researchers are cautiously optimistic they will find antibodies. They also expect to find that the vaccines do not put anything in breast milk that is harmful to babies. All of these theories are compelling to Dr. Christina Paid, an ER doctor at Rady Children's Hospital and mother of a six-month-old. She took the vaccine continues to breastfeed, and is one of the study's participants. As any breastfeeding mother knows, it can feel Painful to give up any pumped milk, but Paid says it was worth it in this case. They really are only asking for one to two ounces with, with each sample. So I think, you know, it ended up being like 15 to 20 ounces, which in the end is not, you know, not even a day's worth of feed. And so um, I felt like it was, you know, worth it for science. That science is what other moms like Carly Keats are waiting for. She is breastfeeding her son and is generally very pro-vaccine, but says it's hard to make a decision without data. There really isn't um, actual data yet saying that
1: it doesn't, you know, pass through. And if it does, maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing, but there really isn't anything statistically or data-driven that's telling me,
2: yes, it's 100% going to be good for you and for your baby. Keats may have an answer by the time it's her turn for a vaccine, as results from the first 500 women from the UC San Diego study are expected in a few months.
1: That reporting from KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregasser, And as always, you can find the full, longer versions of Claire's investigative work right here on the San Diego News Now podcast. Coming up, the latest update on vaccination efforts in San Diego, along with more local news just after the break. About 12,000 San Diegans received a COVID-19 vaccine in the first week of February. So far, that's well below the daily goal needed to vaccinate a majority of the population by July. KPBS health reporter Sharon Mento has more on the numbers.
2: There needs to be more than 22,000 daily doses administered in the region to reach that 70% goal. County-operated sites can administer 21,000 doses a day, but supply issues from the state are keeping the region below that, says County Health and Human Services Agency Director Nick Mechione.
0: Last week, to give you a net sense, we received... Just over a quarter of the doses we requested for the state, for our entire region.
2: Mechion says the county is working to further expand its capacity to 35,000 doses a day by the end of this month. In the meantime, there are still 140,000 doses in the county waiting to be administered. Mechion says the county is working with the region's nearly 300 vaccine providers to ensure they use up doses within a week of receiving them.
1: And that was KPBS health reporter Taryn Mento reporting. This story is part of our ongoing coverage of the road to vaccinating 1.8 million San Diegans. See more of our vaccine coverage at kpbs.org vaccines. A massive portfolio of low-cost apartments are going up for sale. And that's raising the alarm for local affordable housing advocates. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has more.
3: Before he died in 2016, Conrad Prebis donated hundreds of millions of dollars to institutions including the San Diego Zoo, La Jolla Music Society, and KPBS. He made his fortune in real estate, building thousands of apartments across San Diego County. Nearly 6,000 of those homes owned by the Prebis estate are now up for sale, and advocates are worried new owners would upgrade the units and charge higher rents. The properties in the portfolio are now relatively affordable to low-income families, not because of public subsidies, but because they're older and maybe a bit dated. Stephen Russell of the San Diego Housing Federation says investors looking to upgrade and flip the homes can make a quick profit.
2: And when it's done incrementally, uh, the impact on the community is not great. It's when you do a, a, a very large complex at once, or in this case, an enormous portfolio maybe staged over several years, you're going to see major
3: displacement. The Conrad Prebys Foundation told KPBS it would use proceeds from the sale to continue its charitable giving and that current laws, including the California Tenant Protection Act, would be enough to, quote, safeguard the tenants living in these properties.
1: And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. The San Diego City Council got a presentation from city staff on just how much it's going to cost the city to fix its aging and ailing infrastructure. KPBS's John Carroll reports.
2: The council learned that over the next five years, the city estimates it will have $5.7 billion worth of infrastructure needs. Right now, it only has $3.4 billion to spend to fix things, leaving a $2.3 billion gap. Of that, nearly $1.3 billion is what it's going to take to fix San Diego's crumbling stormwater infrastructure. District 3 Councilman Stephen Whitburn says it's time to spend what it takes for permanent fixes. Otherwise, he says taxpayers are just throwing good money after bad.
0: The city has to take money from parks projects and library projects and sidewalk repairs to pay for these sudden expenses.
2: Tuesday's presentation on the city's infrastructure was just informational, so no votes were taken, but it's now more clear than ever that some tough decisions are coming.
1: And that was KPBS's John Carroll. The first female Marines started their training in San Diego on Tuesday. They arrived in San Diego two weeks ago to pilot efforts to integrate training for women. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has more.
0: The first company to include female recruits in the 100-year history of MCRD San Diego officially stepped on the yellow footprints that signify the beginning of training. Staff Sergeant Aisha Zant was brought in from Paris Island to be part of the first team of female drill instructors.
2: They have something to prove. They're the only females that is training right now. This is the first female platoon. So they are gonna be going against all their brothers inside of that whole company. So they have to show everyone that they are worthy to be here.
0: This is still officially a test to show what the Marines need to expand boot camp to women in San Diego. Commanders at MCRD say, for now, very few changes were put into place for this first class, where men and women together embark on the 13 weeks it takes to become a U.S. Marine.
1: That story from KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. And that's it for the podcast today. KPBS will be airing day two of the impeachment trial for former President Donald Trump. You can hear it live on 89.5 FM starting at 9 a.m. or watch it on KPBS 2 on television. You can also catch it streaming live online at kpbs.org, where you can also get the latest news and recaps of the day. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.